Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Early Birds Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Haddad. Today we have a special guest, Andrew Johnson, branch manager of Neighborhood Lending, really growing that business. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. If you can just give our viewers just a very quick background context about who you are, maybe two, three sentences for me. Yeah. So right now we're in Tawas, Michigan. It's where I was born and raised. Uh, I got in the mortgage industry in 2012 at the largest lender at the time and uh, recently left. And now I'm working with you guys as a branch. So it's it's crazy, too, when you mentioned Tawa. So, uh, you know, Andrew, I met at a, a, our previous employer many, many years back. Large, large company in, in the downtown presence, completely different feel. I remember reconnecting with you and you're like, yeah, I'm from Tawas. I was like, what are you talking like, Tawas? What? Like, what is that? And then sure enough, today, uh, myself, our, our videographer, the man behind the scenes, Rami, we started driving up here bright and early in the morning, coming through, and we realized this is a little bit more rural, right? A little yeah. bit more different, more more small town vibes. And then we pull up to Tawas, and man, it's absolutely stunning. It's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. And one of the things I love is, is you're from here, and you're really trying to bring that feel that you took from your previous employer, all the knowledge and bring it back to the hometown. How, how have you even started to do that? What's it like growing a, a small business inside a small town? Yeah, so it hasn't been easy so far, but uh, you know, Taos is the best kept secret. And I think a lot of people our age, my age, are moving back to the town and they want like they want to create a city feel. They don't want it to get too big, but they want it to be you know a, a good place to grow up or raise the kids. And so I think the nice thing about bringing the neighborhood lending here is bringing lending here no there's not like a broker there's not like a big company here that does lending there's banks credit unions but no there's nowhere really to go and get a loan a mortgage and so it's been exciting working with the community giving back to the community and seeing success doing that so far that, that's such a big win you know and I, I don't think people understand and especially myself i don't either the more i talk to you the more i'm learning you know even from like marketing strategies it is so much different when you yeah. talk about a small city and small town and you know, we do, we do a lot with brokers. You work with brokers all across the country. We're connecting and they're from all different areas and states and different locations. But from a small business standpoint, you grew up here, you kind of seen it your whole life. You come into the, the big city. Now you're coming back with the family. We'll kind of touch base on that a little bit. But what are maybe two or three things, just you watching the journey, going through the what you're going through, being so honest with everybody and candid, for people that want to start a small business in a small town, like where would they even start? Yeah, obviously you need to figure out what industry you're in, but there's a, a lot of people that are doing a really good job at it. I would say the number one thing is you have to start to earn the trust of everybody, mm -hmm. especially in lending. So like with lending, we're getting people's private information, their social security, their income, everything. In a small town, you know, they're more reluctant to give that information up. And so that's one of the hurdles that, you know, we have to continue to make sure that we earn the trust. Now that's with lending, but any other like small business people coming back, you just, again, you got to come in, be confident and just be ready to tackle it. That's so spot on. And, and can you talk about like the support? Like what I've learned from small, small towns, you know, I've been, I've traveled so much and visited so much is like, but when I see these small towns, that support system that they have is so impactful. It's from other small businesses, which I'm not saying you don't see it in big cities, but you see it less because everybody thinks their idea is the best idea. Yeah. I'm one of them. I get it. Trust me, I'm a fan of it. I understand it. But the reality is that's not the case. To have support and people that are here pushing the agenda, to be able to walk over to you know Joe's restaurant down the street and have that conversation, what has that been like from a support standpoint? How has that helped you and benefited you? 
That's good. I mean, listen, as we start to do loans for people in the community, they own businesses and then they can get your name and brand out there as well. And so one thing we did recently is we partnered with a real estate company and we sponsored what's called Perch Bill. And so when we go and do it together, it's kind of like we're, we're adding one brand and we have double the power, right? So to earn the community's trust and continue to grow. So, you know, one, one of the things I love doing with this podcast is uh, when we kind of, this is the good stuff, right? This is the stuff that's yeah. fun, that's exciting. But us as, as business owners and growing what we've been growing and yourself and taking on this new role and identity and really becoming just someone different and branding yourself, right? The yeah. way you want. What are the struggles, especially early on? And I know we talk, so I'm gonna let you share what you wanna share. Like, I wanna be real with, with the people, right? Everyone yeah. thinks it's all shiny glamor and glitz and mortgages are great, everyone makes all this money. Yeah. But like that process is so time consuming and taxing on the mind. What has that been like? What are some of the struggles you've gone through with getting it up and running and going? Yeah, I think one of the biggest struggles is putting myself out there. And I'm trying to get myself out there on social media more and posting more. Typically, I'm more reserved with that. And I just kind of, you know, live my life. And I think as a business owner and starting this business and being in this industry, especially at this time in the in the industry, you have to put yourself out there. You have to have content. You have to have, you know, social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that and get it out there. And so that's probably the biggest struggle for me because it makes me uncomfortable to do it. I, I'm so happy you were so honest about that. And, and like, everyone's been asking. So we've been doing a lot of lunch and learns. And yeah. part of the lunch and learns has all been about social media. And people like wanna lie about it, you know? They're like, yeah. I'm posting so much, I'm doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, no, you're not. Yeah. And you know, one of the things for me, I'll never forget because I do keep a lot of things like my personal life private. But what I post, people don't understand. It's very specific to like my work and me and yep. what I do. And someone explained it to me. They said, this is the easiest way for, for people, your clients to actually understand and see who you are. Yeah. Because you can't lie. Like I can, all these words that I have on the phone and I'm a smooth talker and like none of that matters when you're going through my social media and you're like, yeah. wait, this is a good human being. Yeah. And so it plays a huge, huge part, especially from a small business perspective, what what shifted your your mindset? Because I know you are private with certain things. We'll talk about the family a little bit here, but like what what shifted? What made you say, you know what? I have to do this to find success. Uh, I think that as you know, Matt Ness and I, the business partner, as we were starting to look at like going on our own, and then we found you guys actually. I texted Natter, and then he got me hooked up with you, and just seeing what you guys are doing with your platform, social media, is like. It, at, at first, when I wasn't partnered with you guys, it was like I found myself looking at it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, at first, I was annoyed by it, and I was like, what are these guys doing? But then I just couldn't look away from it. And then that kind of like was the shift that I was like, okay, they're doing good things, or they're successful, and I want to be a part of that. I Thank you for, for sharing that. And, uh, you know, the guy that started it all, I don't tell the story often, but, um, you know, the guy is behind here. His name is Rami McCall, for those that don't know or see him. He's the, the man behind it. And, you know, the way it started for us, I'll never forget. Um, so we were living back in Los Angeles together and he ended up losing a job during COVID. And he has a background in videography and worked with all these large companies. And so we didn't know what was happening. Remember when COVID hit, the first two, three weeks, the world was up in the, like no idea what was happening to the world. And so I looked at him and I said, look, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Rates skyrocketed, but maybe you and I can figure it out. And so I remember him and I, we sat together and I said, this is all I can pay you. And I was paying him literally cash. And I, it was such a minimal amount. I love you. Thank you. But like, he, he was like, listen, I'm going to give it a shot. And it's, and I said, I don't know what this is going to happen. And I'll never forget 
we're sitting there one day and we're walking through his budget and what he needs to make. And yeah. it's such a great feeling because I'll never forget when we went through this budget, he's like, I, I like, here's what I need to make the money. And it was such an amazing full circle moment because it turned in from like, I'll pay you cash. I don't know what's happening to about six, seven months ago. I literally was finally able to give him the raise that we talked about yeah. four years ago. And that's because of the social media and the presence. And we saw what it did. And to your point, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. There's something here to, to, to say about it. Yeah. And I think it was authentic too. And it was like, he wasn't trying to make as much money as he could right away. So that's how you know people just love what they do. They're not doing it for money. They just love what they do. And then that way it comes off more authentic. And I think that that's a piece that I really liked. I appreciate that, man. No, I, we, we were talking early and, uh, you know, this is all about like the early birds podcast. Yes. And we, we are filming a little bit later than usual, but him and I got up about 4 a.m. this morning. It's about a two and a half hour drive. So excuse us on the late filming, but it's still early over here. Now, you know, with you, family man, right? Yep. Kids lady back at home, yeah. right? And managing all of that, facilitating all of that. And you still, I still see them and I kind of laughed. You'll hit me up at like 1130 at night. You'll hit me up at like 430 in the morning. And I, I think part of it, so like you you let me know like, yo, I'm here too. And I love it because I know when you do it, like I eat love from the island. And you do. And it's like a thumbs up or something. I'm like, all right, he's a part of it. How have you, with everything you have going on, for those that don't know, if you can kind of fill us in on, on yeah. the family, how have you managed all of it? You still wake up early. You still grind late. You still have the smile on your face. You're still excited yeah. to take on the day. How have you done it? So it hasn't been easy. We actually just had our fourth child. Congratulations. Daughter. Yep. So we have two two boys, two girls. And I think it goes back to like the authentic pieces. Like I genuinely want to build something special. You know, at our previous employer, what success was to me was like climbing the ladder right? And seeing how successful you could be the top producer, uh, having the best region, et cetera, et cetera. I think right now it's not about like just showing the numbers and truly is about letting the numbers follow and like building something special, saying that I can build a company, you know, and, and be successful with it. That's, that's such a big part. How do the kids kind of take how do you manage the day where like you're still going back, you're still yeah. able to have conversations with, with, you know, the son and your daughters, I, I'm even seeing you on FaceTime and they're sitting in your lap, you know, and you're like, you good, you okay? And then you're back on the phone to me and I've yeah. seen you, like even that shift, I literally watch you go from like businessman to dad yeah. on the phone sometimes when like we're on teams and it's hilarious to me because like, I, I don't even think you realize you're doing it, yeah. but like you go right there and like you're smiling and then back to me and you're like serious, you know, you're looking at me like this and I'm like, how did his brain, how did his brain do that? Uh, how hard was it to, and I'm going to use, I don't have kids yet, you know, I, yeah. do, I do want kids, but um, I, what I've heard, I've talked to people, Sometimes it's like that, oh God, you know, like I wish they'd be a little more quieter. Oh, yeah. But to watch you operate, and I'm sure you have your frustrations, but when it comes to the business, you're switching in and out. How have you made that shift with now four, four kids? Yeah. How are you making that shift from a mindset perspective? And what would you tell families at home, d dads, you know, mothers, how to like four children is not easy while maintaining and building something. What are a couple of philosophies, caveats, things that you've done to put yourself in this position? I think, you know, you have to have a genuine love for what you do and for what your, your family and combining like your career and your family, you know, people say like work-life balance, but like, I think it's just all one, like your work is your life. Your kids are your life. Your kids are your work. Your you know, everything. And so it gets frustrating sometimes, but I think that you just have to continue to stay persistent with parenting. It's not easy. And you have to remember that no one's the perfect parent and no, and just have fun with your kids. Like if I actually, you know, yell at my son because he's not doing the right thing, uh, it just have to take a second, realize like he's, he's three years old. Like that's what he does. 
And so it's just understate putting yourself in the perspective of like their kids and that's what they do and that's what they're supposed to be doing and that I'm working and it's just the harder it is, the, the funner it is. It, well, it's, it's the growth, you know, that I, I see personally in myself. And like, when you talk about it, it's people don't understand how valuable patience is. Yeah. Um, it really is because when you get hot headed and I've been there, like I still, I still have my days, you know? Um, but when you get hot headed, you are so out of whack in terms of what you're doing. And back to what you said, the thing I love is, is you said, and, and this is just great. I don't have kids yet, but you said, you know, you're, you're not, we're not perfect parents. Yeah. And one of the things I've been talking about with our group and just talking about in general is stopping the shaming of yourself. Yeah. I, I went and saw a psychologist and he was doing a presentation in Detroit and he talked about kids and he said, you know, what's crazy about people when they have kids, they want the absolute best for their children. They want them to talk a certain way. They want them to interact. You know, if they want them to look people in the eyes and shake hands. But he goes, why do people expect that from kids, but then don't expect that from themselves? Exactly. And so you're shifting your mindset to go, wait a second. I'm asking my kids to do this. Yeah. Now, who am I to not do this, to not grind, to not, to not go through that process? Yeah. So from a, a setup standpoint, with the way you structure your days and your mornings and your planning, do you have conversations about that with your significant other? And how do you, and I know it changes, but how do you try to stick to it the best that you yeah. can to hit your goals? So my wife and I, Jasmine, we, we always talk about like when in that about the kids, it's like, we're, we have to be the example. Like, and then I, I tell my daughter, Hunter, you have to be the example for Boston and so, so on and so forth. And so with the day and how we do it, it's not easy. Again, it's just not easy. And she's at home right now and, and she does kind of that part. And I'm out here, you know, doing this part and trying to build the company. But like, I wouldn't be able to do anything without her. She is the one that like is the glue for everything. And she helps me with, she allows me to get, have the time to come in the office early in the morning to stay here late at night. And so I just kind of do it and she allows me. She's, she supports everything at home and I just come and do it. That's such a huge feeling. And you know, I, I do want to say this to, to the crowd at home. I, I heard something not long ago that's really stuck in my heart. And I really believe this to my core of core. And it's something I took such a step further. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to look back on your life one day. And it could either be good or not so good. And the beautiful part is you get to make that decision every single day. And to take it even a step further for myself, and I won't speak for you, but it sounds like you're in the same boat here. But for those of you at home and those of you that are listening, you know, one day, hopefully you have kids, you have future grandkids, friends, family. And one day when you're older and they ask you about your life, here's what I'll tell you. And I mean this from my core. I mean this to my very core. I refuse to ever have to lie to my children, my grandchildren or friends or family about how my life was. So I think about that every single day because when they ask, and I know they're going to ask one day, I'll be able to look them in the eyes with a smile and say, I did what I was supposed to do. And yeah. it made me think about that a lot with what you just said. Yeah. And it, the older I get, the more that I, I believe that and I understand it. And there's been things I've done in my life where, you know, I'm scared as hell to have a conversation with my daughter about. And, but again, you're like, we're going to have to, right? If you want to be a good parent, you're, you're going to have to do that and be honest with your kids and show them that you were not perfect growing up. And, you know, you have to give them a little bit of leeway too. So you're, you're spot on. And, um, you know, you're from here. Uh, your wife is not from yeah. here. And we kind of joked a little bit out there. Yeah. But uh, com coming in from where, you know, she, she was living and, and back over on, on, you know, our side or back two and a half, three hours away, coming over into here, it's a, such a different change of yeah. circumstances, different environment, raising the kids in a whole different atmosphere. 
you as as in this instance and how you guys are going your relationship how did you get like move to the position to where hey i want you to feel more secure i want you to feel good about what you're doing yeah. and how do you do that as a team because i'm sure there's so many couples out there that struggle with this and it's not not an easy conversation so how, how do you even start that conversation yeah so about like moving here or just, yeah the whole yeah. the whole so we were coming up here a lot to visit my family because my family's from here and my, my brother still lives here my sister lives here my mom my dad and so we were coming up a lot and a couple of years ago she said let's just buy a house because we were staying like on their couch and then or like on my brother's couch yeah and then so she said we can buy a house up there now naturally when she said that i found a house on the lake and i you know went all out uh but then when we sold our house downstate and she wasn't she was very reluctant to come up here and I think now she's glad that she's done it. She still misses Target or Starbucks in, in the city. And she <laughs> hates having to drive so long to go to Somerset. But I think one thing that you, you we can never take away that she will always love about this is family. And she's, oh. grown, she's grown really close to like my sister-in-law and all of her sisters. And like, it's a big family and they're like sisters. She looks at them like sisters now. So I think she loves that part of it now. And to how we got here, I think is like, Downstate, you know, we had the career and we were working hard, but we didn't have family. We didn't have like the true relationships that we do up here. And that part is valuable as we get older. It's just, it's about the relationships versus what you do in life. It, and, and you know, it's um, having that conversation, which is not, it's not an easy one, right? It's yeah. like, you have to figure out a way to have the conversation and then, all right, how do we go about doing it? And then like, okay, what issues are we going to run into to get yeah. in front of them, you know, early? Uh, I, I'd like to talk more still about the city and your background and you being yeah. from here. I think it's just very fascinating because people don't know, right? People don't understand. I told you, I laughed, but like I was serious. Me, per I didn't grow up like in this city yeah. environment at all, ever. So it was very, it's always new to me when I when I come and I visited more and more, so I understand it. But prior prior to, to growing up here, right? When you were growing up here, come, coming through, figuring things out, learning, little Andrew Johnson running around, right? Trying to figure out what, what life's about, what the hell's yeah. going on. Like, what did you do around here for fun? What did you guys do? How did you get like in front of people? How did you even say, how did you get into mortgages? Like for that matter, all the way out here. So growing up, we always went to the beach. As you can see, like oh, yeah. drive up, I'm sure you'll, you'll post a picture, but it's just all lake and it's all, all water. And so growing up, we went to the beach a lot and I would hang out at my dad's store with my mom a lot growing up. Uh, in high school for fun, we would literally just drive around the town and like walk around Walmart. And now it's like, that was a fun thing for us to do. And, you know, there was other things we do as I got older. But uh, I took a class about mortgages at Northwood University. And from that point, like I was hooked and I liked mortgages. I liked the financial aspect of it. And so my good friend back then, Donald Molson, he started at, you know, the biggest lender. And then I actually went out and sold cars in Denver for the first year out of college. And then I came back and I started working for that company in 2012. And then I just realized I was pretty good at sales and I was pretty good about being a top producer. And then that felt good. And then, you know, here's what's true. Let me tell you something. I have spoken to thousands, thousands of people. You're the first person I think I've ever met. I'm trying to remember going through my mind that said they actually took a class <laughs> and learned about everyone usually falls into it. Yeah. So to hear you say, like you learned about it at Northwood and said, yo, this might be something I'm good at is the most astonishing thing. It was like everybody else hated that class and it was boring, but it just, I liked it. You're just the kid in class, like super dialed in, like, what? Like a 30 year fan, great idea. Like to leverage that. So what took you to Colorado? I know the car sales, but you just wanted to get the hell out of here. Like you just kind of learned to yeah. see life a little different. Yeah, I had a roommate at Northwood 
and he got a job out there selling cars and he told me I should come with him and I, I interviewed and I got the job. We flew out there. Well, when did you, what's your take on it? Honest to God, the, the whole Colorado the, or the whole, the whole scene, Colorado. I love Colorado personally. I, love Colorado. I absolutely love it. So I like snowboarding, skiing and, and the mountains. And so I had a blast out in Colorado. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing, man. Your story and journey is, uh, I didn't know, you know, that's why it's always so fascinating when I do these, because like we talked about earlier, like none of this is scripted. We just kind of come in, yeah. do our thing. So you get to really learn about that person. And especially with our days that are so hectic, yeah. um, there's times, you know, you'll call and it's like five minutes. Oh, all right, cool. See you later, dude. All right. Thanks so much. I'll fix it. Yeah. And and that's the conversation, but obviously it goes so much deeper because you get to learn about the person. Yeah. I, I will ask you this question, you know, what, what are a couple things that you would want people to know about you? And, and here's, and here's what I mean by that. You know, I'll never forget when Natter was telling me about you, and I, I remembered you from Rocket, yeah. but I didn't really know you. I, I knew who you were, but yep. nothing nothing crazy. I didn't know your work ethic. I didn't know your sales acumen. I didn't know how dialed in you were. Yeah. So it's like to be able to to see that and learn that about you was very, to me, was very fascinating. Cause like once we met, I was like, all right, this is like, this guy's legit. Like he wants to really grow. Yeah. He wants to be dialed in, he wants to work. But for those people that don't know you, right? What what would you say, what are a couple things you want them to know? I think it sounds cliche, but I can, I want to continue to, to absolutely grow and, and become better at what I do and, and be a good business person. Uh, and I, I just, that's what, that's basically it. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to be the right example for my family and uh, continue to be successful. You know, you talk about the right example and what I would love if you have it, or even if you think through it, when you say right example, that's, that's so subjective right like it yeah. takes it takes time to to figure that out um especially as, as a human being right you kind of go through the life and what it, for you three four five things like what is an the perfect example right that you set for your family for your yeah. kids like what is that to you i have to be better at it but i think you know putting god number one i love that yeah and so that's a big thing and that's something that i continue to, to find important the older i get uh and it, you know my wife and i we both think that's important uh, the right example, I think that, like we were talking about earlier, is like, you know, not losing the marbles, not always getting so frustrated and, you know, just blowing up in front of your kids. And so making sure that I, I stay level-headed in any situation. And I think that's one of the most important things that you can do is just be level-headed and just understand the situation before you just start to freak out and blow up. I also think that it's important, you know, like I said, relationships is number one thing to me that I want to continue to build with my family, with friends, with you guys. And so I would say those are the, the most important things to me right now. That, and that's such a, you know, put God first. Yeah. Right. Keep a level head and build relationships. Yeah. Listen, if everybody, those are the three things you're focusing on in life, I promise you, you're going to have a very successful life. Yeah. People don't understand like simplifying it like that to find that peace, how hard it is. I, I always catch myself like, we want the shiny new toy, the shiny new object, and we're, we're getting close to, to time on here. So a uh, cu couple things, you know, number one, I want to tell just a, a fast story. I was watching uh, Bill Burr, he's a comedian, yep. and he was talking about his child, and he was saying, like, there's glimpses of him that he sees, and one of those glimpses is, to your point, he'll, like, lose his mind sometimes, and he goes through this whole skit, but then you start to think, it's like, that's exactly, when you say about, I want to be the perfect example or the best example, yep. you're spot on. They watch. They literally watch. Ew. And, and it's so funny. People are like, oh my God, she's so me or he's so him or he's so her. Like that in some instances is probably a good thing, but in other, it's like, ooh, maybe they shouldn't be like that. Like maybe they're seeing you do shit you shouldn't yeah, do. Like my son, he'll, he'll say some words that I've said 
And so obviously being the perfect example, I wouldn't have done that, but again, continue to grow and be vulnerable and just understand, you know, what life is about. And not be so hard on yourself. I, I love that you do that. So listen, we're going to get the process tip. I, it, all of that, it kind of comes full circle to become, it's not, you know, I don't want to use the word that it's the best version of a human being that, yeah. that you should become, right? And people, why should you become that? It's fulfilling. It feels good. When you take responsibilities on and you help people, yeah. it's the most rewarding thing in the world. You know what I've never found rewarding? Complaining. Yeah. I mean, it might feel good for a second, might feel good to vent, but I've never been, after I finished complaining, I've never been like, ah, can't wait to take on today. You know, like I'm usually ready to just lose my mind, go sit in my basement and do nothing, you know, for four hours. Yeah. Um, so the last question I have for you, all right, this one's always fun. I want you to think, think really deep about this. 17, 18 year old you, all right, walking through Walmart, all right, high school days, driving around, parking yeah. in that Walmart parking lot, getting out with your friends, going through. Yeah. That 17-year-old you is walking through an aisle, and all of a sudden, 17-year-old you sees today's you. Yeah. Today's you looks and goes, oh, God. <laughs> but he walks up to that person. What are two or three things you would tell that person that you would want them to know? Uh, I would say focus on emotional intelligence, right? And so that you are focused on being a, the, the better person. When I was that age, you know, I didn't care about anything. It was just kind of like, the dumber stuff you did was like the funnier stuff that you did. And so I think be understanding about the relationships and like what I want to accomplish in life back then and how I want to do it now, I think that would be one of the most important things that I would have done differently. But it's hard to say I would do anything differently because I'm still here and I, I like where I'm at in life. But, you know, that those are the couple of things I would do. It's it's be more purposeful, as yeah. it sounds like, with your intentions and your actions, which is like very strong because you're you're so right at seventeen, eighteen, and it's so crazy because like your parents tell you, your family tells you, you're not going to be young forever. But like I, I remember hearing yeah. it, I, I heard it so many times. But then either way, you're eighteen, and you're like I don't care, yeah. you know. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, be more intentional, be more purposeful. I appreciate you all for tuning in. This is another episode of the Early Words Podcast, and we were here today with Andrew Johnson from Neighborhood Lending. Appreciate you in Tawas, Michigan. So beautiful. I appreciate you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. Of course. Take care.